Good morning. Thanks for joining us again this morning as we continue studying 2 Corinthians. Uh, we will uh, pick up the day in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Um, so I thank you for however you're joining us this morning, whether you're joining us through video or you're joining us through podcast, uh, through our text messaging program or email, however you're getting this video this morning or this podcast. Uh, I thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to join us as we dig into 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Eight. We're going to read chapter 8 uh, all the way through verse uh, 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 um, through verse 15. We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches of, our Macedo uh, uh, of Macedonia. For during a severe ordeal of affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in wealth of generosity for their part. For, for as I can testify, they voluntarily gave, voluntarily gave according to their means and even beyond their means, begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in this ministry to the saints. And this, not merely as we expected, they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us, that we might urge Titus, as he had already been making made a beginning, that he should also complete this generous undertaking among you. Now you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, so that we, we want you to also excel in this generous undertaking. I do not say this as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous acts of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, and by his poverty you might become rich. In this matter, I am giving my advice. It's appropriate for you who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do something. To do something. Now finish doing it, so that your Eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what has, not according to what one does not have. I do not mean that there should be there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but this is a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their need, so that their abundance may be for your need, and that there may be a fair balance. As is written, the one who has much did not have too much. The one who had little did not have too little. Okay, what is Paul talking about here? <clears throat> you can go back in the earliest days of the church, particularly in, in the book of Acts. And remember, I, I think I talked about this before, that um, we have, Paul's letters are the first scriptures that were written in the New Testament. Paul's letters predate the Gospels and predate the book of Acts. So you have Paul's letters, the Gospels and Acts, the general letters and Revelation. So this is a reference to something that happens in Acts chapter 15 when the early church is debating what one must do to be a Christian. If you remember, the first generation of Christians were Gentiles. I mean, I'm sorry, were Jews. They were Jewish believers. Um, all the apostles were Jews. So as the gospel began to spread to Gentiles, non-Jews, uh, the question was, well, must these new Christians first become Jewish? Must they be circumcised? Must they follow the law? Must they do these things? And there was this debate in the early church. And the early church eventually decided, as we see in Acts chapter 15, no. Circumcision is not required. Being Jewish is not required. Following the law is not required. All that is required is avoiding immorality, um, avoiding blood, they say. That means, uh, that means to respect life. And then to remember the poor. Because what happened is as the church in Jerusalem began to be persecuted, all the individuals who could flee from Jerusalem fled, and they spread out across the world. Thus leaving in Jerusalem and the Holy Land women, orphans, widows, the poorest of the poor. And so part of the call for the new Gentile churches in Asia, in Europe, 
was to remember the poor back in Jerusalem. So Paul, Titus, would take up offerings for the saints back in Jerusalem from these Gentile churches. So we so he's talking about here in Macedonia is apparently the Ma in Macedonia they were having problems themselves. There was a lot of issues going on there. There's a lot of poverty, a lot of a lot of challenges. But even in spite of their poverty, the Macedonian churches took up apparently a, a, for them a tremendous offering for the saints in Jerusalem. So Paul here is saying, hey, it's Corinth, you guys excel at everything. Speech, love, earnestness, everything. Also, excel in generosity. And he said, I'm not doing this to put pressure on you. I'm not saying you've got to do this or else. But let your generosity also be what you excel amongst. And I think that's such a such a powerful concept, this concept of generosity. Um, let's think about what salvation is. Ultimately, I believe, in the Wesleyan theology that I, that I come from, uh, the goal of salvation is to restore the image of God that was corrupted in the fall. The salvific goal, if you will, is to restore what sin has corrupted. As the Bible tell, tells us that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. In the fall, we, we, the image of God was corrupted, and we are, we are sinful. Jesus Christ came to restore what sin has corrupted, and that's salvation, that's sanctification, if you will. Justification is following Christ. Sanctification is our growth or the restoration. As Paul says in Philippians, work out your salvation with much fear and trembling. Know that God is at work within you. So our the salvific goal is to be restored to the image of God, to have that image of God completely restored. Now, that won't happen completely this side of glory, but in the Methodist tradition, we talk of Christian perfection, sanctification. That means having that image of God restored through God's grace, which ultimately shows itself in our keeping of the greatest commandment, love of God, love of neighbor. That's all the law comes down to love of God and love of neighbor. As Jesus Christ says, on this hinges the law and the prophets, love of God, love of neighbor. So that's a long way to say this. We're supposed to be like God, look like God, resemble God's character. What is God's character? Well, he's love. He's holy. What does God do? God gives. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. He gave. He gave his only begotten son. God's character is that God is generous. He is generous with his kindness. He is generous with his mercy. He is generous with his grace. He is generous with his blessings. He is generous in that he gave us his son for our salvation. God is a generous God. God is a giving God. So if we're going to be restored into God's image, if our salvation is going to be such where we're going to be remade or renewed, a new creation, as Paul says, part of that newness, part of that new creation is going to be that of generosity. God has called us to be givers. As you probably heard preachers say, you can't outgive God. We're supposed to give. Uh, and so that's Paul's call to the church in Corinth today. Give. Give out of what you have. You know, there are those who have need. Give. There are those who you can help. Give. And, and that's how I look at our life as Christians. We're supposed to be giving. Giving of every resource we have. Yes, giving with our finances. Um, my wife and I, we tithe. We, we give 10% of our income to the church. Um, just what we do. We're, we're givers. We believe that's important. We believe that's important discipline for our family. We give. But we also try to give our time. Um, we try to serve 
the church. Try to serve the kingdom. Try to serve beyond just coming to church. And not, not just because I'm a preacher. I tell folks about my wife. She does what she wants to do. She, she, she serves in the church because she's a member of the church. And that's what you do when you're a member of the church is that you serve. So she gives of her time. I give of my time. We give of our, our joy. We give, give of our hearts. We try to give. As the prayer of St. Francis goes, it's in the giving that we receive. Paul's saying here that we are to be generous. In the same way that God is generous, we're to be generous. So that's an important takeaway for us today is how do we give? How do we give of our financial resources? You know, John Wesley had a saying he, he, he told, told the early Methodist, earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. We earn and we save so that we can give, that we're to be givers of what God's given us. So we give of our, of our financial resources. But frankly, y'all, for me, honest, the 21st century, as important as our financial resources are, our, our greatest resource, our most valuable resource sometimes, our time. Do we give up our time? Um, I know here at St. Matthew's, we're always needing people to help with children's ministry or help with other ministries, youth ministry, uh, missions. Um, I know it's a commitment, but in that commitment, we find life. But it isn't just in church. Do you give to community organizations? There's, there's great needs in our community. Do you give of your, of your energy to serve and make the world better? Do you give of your time to your children, to your parents, to your family? It's so easy in today's world. It's so easy in these scary times to want to be stingy, to want to, to, want to hold to what is mine. But y'all, if we're going to be remade to the image of God, if we're going to follow in the footsteps of our Savior, if we're going to be little Christ, is what it means to be a Christian, then part of that is to be generous. So today in your life, today in your faith, are you being generous? Are you giving? Are you giving what God, from what God has given you? Because ultimately, y'all, that's the thing. Everything God's given us, everything that we have is a gift from God, what the Bible says in James. All the gifts are from God. So whatever we have, even if you worked hard for it, who gave you the good health to work? Who gave you a work ethic? Even that flows from God. So let's be generous with all that God has given us. And let's be faithful today. So give joyfully, give generously, and see how God blesses you in your giving. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to give it back to you. Like the, It's not a prosperity gospel thing. But he's going to bless your heart, your soul, for how we give. Have a great day today. Um, hope you uh, hope you have a wonderful day, no matter where you find yourself today. Let's see you tomorrow morning.